Oh my God. Are we really in season two already? Hey, beautiful humans. You're listening to the Human Experience Podcast, hosted by me, Kiara Marie. I'm a functional nutritional therapy practitioner and a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. I'm here to share my human experience, as well as have these raw and powerful conversations with leaders in the health and wellness space. The Human Experience Podcast began because I truly believe our souls are here to experience a wide range of emotions, make mistakes, own our past traumas that led us to make them, and face our deepest fears in order to grow. The Human Experience is a conversation about self-development, conscious awareness, normal human responses, and connecting mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual health. The Human Experience promises to deliver authenticity and diversity. The Human Experience community is a group of humans doing the work so they can live their lives to their fullest potential and are here to break intergenerational family patterns that generations to come can too. At The Human Experience, we're diving deep. Thanks so much for tuning in. Enjoy the show. Oh, hello, everyone. I am so excited for today's episode with Dr. Alexandra Cope. She's a trauma-informed naturopathic physician based out of Richmond, Virginia and Charlottesville, and she also sees clients virtually. She works with Bocato Wellness in the fan of Richmond, Virginia. She is awesome. I am so glad that her and I connected because, I mean... There was an instant connection with her sharing her health struggles and, you know, how she was exposed to natural medicine. And I feel like we all, who whoever is in the holistic health and wellness space has experienced some sort of health struggles and understands that Western medicine might not be the solution for them and maybe taking their, their health struggles to a more um, holistic, whole body approach. And that's when you go see someone like Dr. Cope because she is so informed when it comes to trauma, infertility, PMS symptoms, uh, mood swings, fatigue, thyroid issues, gut issues, everything relating to women's health. And these symptoms have been normalized. And I think it's important for us women to know that these symptoms are not normal. They're common but not normal. For example, you may get cramps every single month when it comes time for your flow. And while some cramps might be normal, but if you're reaching for mitol, if you're bedridden, if you're just like, feel like you're on your deathbed and, or if there's anything more than a mild cramping sensation, not normal and get to the bottom of it. Or I encourage you to, there's something bigger going on. And if you let these symptoms linger for too long, that's when a whole wide other range, a whole other range of symptoms can come on as well. And you don't want that because that's what happened to me. I ignored my symptoms for so, so long until I couldn't anymore. And that's what led me to the space today. And I'm grateful for it. I'm so grateful for it. But people like Dr. Cope are bringing a lot of awareness to medical freedom and informed consent, um, discrimination in the medical space. And Dr. Cope offers a wide range of services, um, 
to pelvic pain relief, trauma services, gotten hormone issues. Um, she's just awesome. And I really, really love this episode. We talk about everything relating to women's health. And actually, we are going to do another episode relating to genes and trauma because this definitely plays a role when women start to experience these symptoms um, and how trauma impacts gene expression. Um, so I'm really excited to hop on that episode as well. But for now, we're just going to talk about women's health. And I'm so excited to hear your feedback. Ladies, this one's for you. Men, if you have a life partner or someone you're talking to and they're dealing with these issues, be sure to pass this along. I know it'll be beneficial. Enjoy. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to the Human Experience Podcast. You have no idea how much gratitude I have for my listeners and just being able to be in a space to create and to speak with these incredible guests that I have on the show. It is truly a dream. And I wanted to take a moment to chat about my private coaching that I am offering right now. Um, I do offer three and six month options for those women who are my high high achievers. And I feel like women in general kind of put a lot of pressure on themselves, whether it's internal or external pressure. Um, I've just been seeing myself included with my clients that the ones who develop symptoms, chronic symptoms especially, are the ones who are high achievers or put a lot of pressure on themselves or are easily stressed out. Um, Just happens to be the way of the world and that's okay. Um, I've now been able to get to a place where I'm able to manage my chronic stress with some tools, which you have too. You have these tools. It's just a matter of accessing them Um, and having someone who has been there and who can guide you throughout a process because I cannot tell you guys, I had my family and loved ones by my side throughout my entire journey, but they just never understood. They were there to support me and love me and tell me everything was going to be okay. But because I didn't have anyone who truly understood what it was like to be in my body, to, to feel how crippling it felt to experience the bloat that I did. I felt six months pregnant when I wasn't. And just my cycles were all over the place. Like I was getting them 16 days late and it was, it was a mess. And my acne and just going to the bathroom was a nightmare. I, I can't, it just felt like the end of the world. And at 20 something years old, that's not how you're supposed to feel. You're supposed to be out there living your life and not let another day pass because yeah, you only get this life once and you should live it to the best of your capabilities. So in my three-month and six-month programs, I do offer unlimited support via an app, which we call Voxer. It's like a walkie-talkie. It's pretty awesome. So any questions that my clients have, if it's relating to a supplement, something that you get in the grocery store, um, how you're feeling, whatever, you have me literally in the palm of your hand. Um, and then we do one-on-one, one-hour calls every two weeks and um, grocery list, recipes, the whole nine yards to get you started. Um, and then we ad- address diet, rest, exercise, stress, supplementation. These are all things that will get you on the right path to healing. No more guessing games. I do as well offer um, functional diagnostic lab testing, 
So if you are far enough in your journey, you're not getting answers, you've seen several doctors, you're just, your symptoms are all over the place and exacerbated, that's when I will offer lab testing. However, I do see a lot of clients that have never even stepped into a grocery store or even have cooked anything healthy and haven't tried those simple steps first or not drinking enough water, you know, and so forth. So um, we will just start with nutritional therapy alone because I see it as a profound impact on your body just by making those simple changes. And if we hit a wall and you're healing or whatever, um, then we can definitely step in with some functional diagnostic lab testing. So three and six month programs, they are awesome and I love them so much and I love my clients dearly. Um, so if you guys are interested in hearing more and scheduling, scheduling a free symptom audit so that we can go over your symptoms to see if it would be a good fit to work with each other. Um, you can, schedule your free symptom audit um, in the link in my bio and my Instagram, or you can just shoot me an email at kiaramariewellness at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Hello, everyone. I am so excited for today's episode because today on the show, we have Dr. Alexandra Cope, and this is really close to home because she practices out of Richmond, and you guys know that Richmond was my home for quite some time. And not only in Richmond, though, she practices virtually and in Charlottesville as well. So I'm really excited mm-hmm. for a local practitioner to speak um, on the show. Um, support local. <laughs> I <guess>. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Dr. Cope is a naturopathic doctor, and we're going to break down what a natu- licensed naturopathic doctor is, um, all that stuff. So, mm-hmm. but more importantly, the main topic what we're going to talk about today is, is how Dr. Cope uh, uses her specialty, which is um, guiding women from menses through menopause um, and all the things that are tied into that um, because it's, there's so much that can be covered within that topic. So, yeah. yeah. So tell us about yourself, Dr. Cope. What led to becoming a naturopathic doctor? Yeah. So naturopaths are physicians that are trained in a primary care health system. And basically from baby physicianhood, we are practicing integrated medicine. So we have nutrition and herbs and supplements, also known more in the professional world as like nutraceuticals. Those are the professionally regulated supplements. And so we integrate in the more natural or eclectic therapies or traditional healing methods and with the standard Western healing in order to look at people completely Mm -hmm. head to toe inside and out. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And so what led to the decision of becoming a naturopathic doctor? Mm -hmm. So I know that you have a similar health story as I do. That thing Mm -hmm. where something is right or in tune with your body and you mm-hmm. go to a couple of different specialists and mm-hmm. everybody runs your blood work and then tells you that everything's just fine. And mm-hmm. especially in women's health, it can sometimes turn into, well, maybe it's in my head or maybe maybe I just don't have enough drive to get things done throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Some of us, it started more so that story began from childhood, looked at, just looked at as regular symptoms of child of childhood health, such as eczema or asthma or allergies. 
So for me, when I was really young, I had eczema so bad on my hands that my hands would bleed. Like, and I remember just walking around once, like once that at that age that you become more self-aware walking around with like my hands and fists to kind of like cover up that my body was deformed in a way. Mm. And I went to a dermatologist, I went to an ENT, I went to a gastroenterologist and everybody just kept on telling me to put on cortisone, which just basically takes off your skin layer and totally suppresses your immune system. And so they were continuing to make the eczema worsen as it would come back with a vengeance. And in, and essentially when you suppress any type of disease expression like that, that is more on the outside, you can deepen the disease in accordance with Herring's law of health deeper into your body. So deeper into your lungs and deeper into your digestive health. And that's what ended up happening to me. At the end of it, I ended up like in the ICU with horrible pneumonia Oh my gosh, yeah. you look at yeah. that. your immune system totally compromised. Yeah. Well, compromised to begin with, and then it's just like even more. And then wow. just hammered in. And so yeah. fast forward, I don't know, like 15 years later, and my sister was pregnant, and she decided to look more into her health options and went to a holistic nutrition school similar to you. And she told me that she wanted to give up gluten and asked me if I would do it with her. And I was like, what's that? Like give up white bread. (laughs) Yeah. I think most people can relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. And so that I learned through her. And as soon as I gave up gluten, my eczema went away. My asthma went away. My allergies went away. And lo and behold, now people are diagnosed with celiac disease more often. Mm-hmm. And you were diagnosed too, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. was that through um, a biopsy from an endoscopy? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. More and more common every day. And for those who don't know what celiac disease, can we touch on it really quickly? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So celiac disease, you often hear people say that they're allergic to gluten, where they actually mean that they're gluten intolerant. Celiac mm. disease is a frank IgA gluten allergy and if symptoms of celiac are failure to thrive skin issues uh autoimmune like symptoms so fatigue joint pain brain fog uh there's a lot of them digestive issues obviously because we're talking about the gut and (laughs) and and what often happens is that people end up going down the line and giving up gluten before they go to get diagnosed. And you actually have to have a gluten tolerance test in order to get diagnosed with celiac if you had given up gluten. So often there's a lot of false negatives, negatives in celiac. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's interesting. I When I was in the midst of all of my GI struggles, I two had gotten tested through an endoscopy, um, Mm -hmm. my biopsy was taken and it came back negative. Um, but I never was the type to have skin issues. It was all just digestive related. Mm -hmm. So once Mm -hmm. I removed the gluten, it was a severe intolerance and also due to like just how much I was bombarding my body with just the overload of toxins from food, chemicals and, um, the air or water. I mean, (laughs) 
there's so much that we can get into with yeah. when it comes to that. <laughs> but um, okay, cool. So that kind of sparked everything for you. Yeah. Yeah. Diagnosed with that and removing yeah. gluten. And then I life. just started getting more and more curious and yeah. continued to look up, you know, it's got, I got curious about nature, which I've always, there's like that thing in us when we're kids that we really want to be connected with like nature and that curiosity with the land around us. And I got more connected mm-hmm. in with plants and looked into all the different types of integrated med schools, functional medicine, DO, and stumbled into a naturopath. And I actually thought that it was kind of a fake education, that they weren't real (laughs) doctors. And then got stumbled into the president's son of the naturopath school. So then I got looped in as I was looking at a DO school in Glendale, Arizona. And got looped in and got to go and sit in with a naturopath visit. And to hear him interview somebody for 90 minutes and listen to their full life story and come up with such a true treatment plan to that person's spiritual health, emotional health, and physical health blew my mind. It absolutely blew my mind. I'll never forget. I walked into the hotel I was staying at and just like put my back against the wall and just started crying out of happiness. And I was like, this medicine does exist. I don't have to be in medical yeah. school for 200 years to be able to treat the whole person. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. I felt the same way because, yeah, I, I thought I had to go through this conventional route of uh, yeah, conventional medicine in order to help people. Mm-hmm. But what you just said, having that thorough 90 minutes to sit down with someone r- rather than the conventional model that we've been exposed to all our lives in and out in less than 10 minutes mm-hmm. and not a true protocol. You just keep coming back and keep coming back. If the issue perpetuates, which is most likely the case, I never found true healing um by going to my doctor's office and being prescribed antibiotics or whatever the case may be Mm -hmm. um and i always had to come back with like another issue that just exacerbated (laughs) and i think conventional medicine i always say this like definitely serves a time and a place um but i think with with chronic issues that we're seeing more and more um, in today's world. And I love how you touch on this, like generation, this is like our children are the first generation Mm -hmm. where they might be dying before us just due to the environment that we live in, everything we're exposed to. Let's chat about your specialty or like just guiding women through menses, um, through menopause Mm -hmm. and how, what that looks like and what symptoms have been normalized in today's world. Um, especially women who are cycling, like PMS and stuff that are more common. How many women do you know that think that premenstrual pain is just a normal thing? Oh my gosh. I I would say just about every girl that I know. That we have to be in pain every single month. Mm -hmm. It's something. And then like, what, what remedies do you recommend? That is a product of patriarchal (laughs) medicine. And it's a major symptom of hormone imbalance. Mm -hmm. And so often when we come in and 
when we look at different remedies, one is just education. And there's a lot of amazing books out there about this already that haven't been put out exactly into mainstream medicine. One of them's another naturopath, Jolene Brighton. And she yes. does a whole entire thing. Yeah, yeah. She she does a great job getting the message out there for women's health. And mm-hmm. um, there's there's a couple of other. I'll list them. I'll list the rest of the resources. I, I feel like it's really, yeah, that'll be great. I'm sure that we can combine some amazing resources. I feel like it's really important to list out the symptoms that we're, yes. we're looking at and then getting into the remedies. So mm-hmm. women often come into my office and it's almost like in some ways women's health. I'm like, Oh yeah, this is like the back of my hand because everybody comes in with irregular periods, skin issues, thinking that it's normal to have even Mild cramps, okay, but medium to severe to the point that you have to take an ibuprofen is not okay. Or a heating pad or just being so ridden. Yeah. You can't do That's not how it's supposed to go. Yeah. And this is a product of our environment Mm -hmm. and a product of not knowing our own bodies of just simple body literacy. And so often I will begin with just education that like your period is your fifth vital sign. And um, mm-hmm. gosh, what's her last name? Lisa has an amazing book about this called, actually it's called the fifth vital sign. You'll dig her. And um, uh, yeah, I you got thought, it. You got it pulled up. Well, I was, no, I don't think you've listed her here. Um, I don't think so, but we'll have to um, put that in the show notes. Lisa Hendrickson. (laughs) For sure. Hendrickson. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. And vital sign. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. 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 And so basically it's looking at your menstrual cycle and how it varies month to month to month. Some people's it's just messed up all the time, every single month. And sometimes like Mm -hmm. I know with myself personally, If, you know, I'm having a little bit more booze or staying up a little bit later or a little bit more stressed, I'll notice that my period is just slightly off. And that's just a recalibration that's like, okay, come back into myself. What nutrients am I needing in my body and what herbs do I need in order to balance this? Hmm. And there is a million different herbs that everybody recommends. And... Hmm. I'll just say that Vitex is generally the ace in the hole. <laughs> okay. I was just going to say that. I yes. was just going to say yeah. that. So many people go straight to Vitex and I don't even know what it is. I've just heard about it when, yeah. you know, I was experiencing my hormonal imbalances mm-hmm. and just seeing the successes or even the failures that people have had with Vitex and how, how do you know when to use it or do you not? You you generally want to see a health professional um, mm-hmm. because then we're kind of walking the line that I could just be telling like anybody that could be on any medications or any of that. And that there's so many herb drug interactions that it's difficult to be like, Oh yeah, like cleanse your liver. And then the person's on birth control and they accidentally get pregnant. Um, you know, <laughs> little things like that, that could, or, you know, or even more severe, like on a, like, a medication to control their seizures and they end up with a rebound seizure, you know? Uh, so those are the harms of some herb drug interactions. 
Vitex can mostly be safe. And then also where it comes from is really important. And so a lot of the supplement companies are not really well regulated. And most doctors that you see have been in contact with the supplement companies asking them about their regulations. The GMP and third-party tested does do some job with regulating, but often what we'll find is that it's not the most potent form of the herb or it was harvested at the wrong time or it was processed incorrectly. Some herbs are alcohol extracted, you know, some herbs are oil extracted, some are water extracted, all of those types oh. of situations. And what would you use? Um, or, uh, water extracted or oil extracted? I'm assuming um, not alcohol extracted. Or sometimes, totally sometimes Vitex alcohol extracted can be great, but okay. it's really bitter and disgusting. Mm-hmm. And so generally going for the capsules is the best. Capsules. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Vitex mm-hmm. is an herb mm-hmm. and obviously seeking the health, uh, help of a health practitioner is important. Um, what is its role? What does it do? I don't even know like what it could support the body in. Going back to the fact that our hormones are a symphony. And so the hypothalamus pops out some hormones, FSH and LH that, um, and those, the hypothalamus pituitary communicate to the ovaries that way. And then also mm-hmm. the adrenals that way. And then there's a whole lot of crosstalk that's in between and then feedback loops back up to the brain. And Vitex works on both the brain level, the thyroid level, the adrenal level, and the ovary level, which why I think it's such a synergistic herb for so many women. Amazing. And it's very progesterinic. And so you have an estrogen progesterone balance. And sometimes you end up more estrogen dominant and with allergic like symptoms, issues with weight gain or mm, histamine intolerance, which is kind of like allergic like symptoms and headaches. And then sometimes you have a progesterone imbalance where you end up with low progesterone where you get anxiety before your period. That's something that I get crazy if my hormones are imbalanced. Um, mm-hmm a little bit of a lower sex drive sometimes, and then irregular menses. And you want them to be working in unison with each other. Like estrogen mm-hmm. goes up for a part, certain part of the month and it comes back down, then allows progesterone to go up and then they go up together. And mm-hmm. this is why women's health is much more complicated than men's health. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, our hormones are fluctuating all the time throughout the month. They're wild. Sometimes they get like mm-hmm. two normal weeks in the month. <laughs> you know like, and what you just said like when you are drinking a little bit more booze or experiencing a little bit more stress in your life totally totally i can relate off. totally throws it off i was so in sync with the moon up until this last period and that was because i'm starting this podcast and i have put way too much on my plate just mm. you know wanting to get everything done and so it's been impacting me um Physically, I've, I've felt so drained, um, mm-hmm. but still not listening to my body and just needing to get stuff done. And I noticed my period was, and it's, I'm usually so in sync with the moon. So mm-hmm. I always get it on the new moon. But this past period, I was four days late, which is so unlike me. Um, so I know stress definitely played a role. And I 
you know, try to stay away from alcohol, especially when I'm um, menstruating, mm-hmm. um, because it just makes it exacerbates my symptoms. I, I do get cramps. One thing I think I was mainly dealing with was breast tenderness. And I think um, that's another symptom that's been normalized. Estrogen um, dominance. Yeah. Estrogen dominance. Yeah. I mm-hmm. was totally estrogen dominant, uh, according to some lab work that I um, had ran and doesn't breast tenderness correlate to liver congestion as well. Well, the liver works to detoxify excess estrogen in your system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it wasn't doing that. And I mean, just relating to the, all the digestive issues that I had as well. So everything was just off. <laughs> yeah. It was a fun time. Yeah. I mean, least. it's all connected. And that's what's really important is that we could, you know, pull together and narrow down and geek out on each one of these pieces. And it's really fun to do that. And just to remember that it's all connected. And so generally, if you're going to treat one thing, there's multiple body systems you need to treat. So then that way your treatment plan ends up within about three to six months instead of over the course of four or five years. Yep. Because if you're like, if you think of health kind of like a seesaw, you know, say on one end of the seesaw is McDonald's and steel reserves. Um, (laughs) And then like the other end of the seesaw is like extreme uh, allopathic or standard American medicine. You need to, in order to level out the diseases that come from a lifestyle that is you know, the standard American diet, the sad diet, you need to even that out with allopathic medicine. Then you start to explore your health and eat a little bit healthier. And on the, so you move a little bit more into the middle of the seesaw on one end. And so then you start to look at herbs and supplements to bring your health more into balance. And then Mm -hmm. as you start to bring more into balance, you end up even more in the middle of the seesaw and you can get off of those supplements and then just mm. eat food as medicine. Mm-hmm. That's always the goal. I think yeah. supplements or herbs definitely do serve a time and a place. Mm-hmm. Um, but really relying on food as medicine. But can we get all of the nutrients that we need from the food supply today just due to... It's a full-time job. Mm. So yeah. a lot of people aren't familiar with the food that's native to this land and wild foods. And in order to maintain total digestive health from the micro, the human microbiome project, you need to eat a variation of 30 fruits, 30 different fruits and vegetables a week. Holy crap. Yeah. I definitely don't do that. Yeah, no, I don't do that. I'll, you know, like I have leftovers and like, you know, you get a bunch of beets and you're going to have beets, you know, all week long. (laughs) And so the way to balance that out is by having a really dynamic system of spices. If you think about Vedic cooking or Chinese medicine cooking or Mexican cooking, there is so many different spices and herbs in their spice blends. And then also there are things like edible flowers that you can put on your salad, like nasturtiums, and you can have a little herb garden 
to throw onto your food to just make it like a little bit more interesting. Mm. And that also feeds your microbiome. Wow. Mm -hmm. And I'm assuming you grow your own herbs, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Are there any herbs that might be easy for listeners to start growing at home or like, you know, what often gets, there's a lot of different, very like sexy herbs, you know, that come in and out of the health field. And often, you know, just general culinary herbs are very, very rich medicinally. So basil, basil, cilantro, any of that. And they're pretty decently easy to grow. You know, you got to look up a little bit about water and light (laughs) and not over water and make sure that it gets enough light and make sure that you're not growing them in soil that's contaminated in lead and arsenic or anything like that. And those are pretty decent. You can even grow them in mason jars in your kitchen window. Um, One of my favorite things to do that's really simple is if I get a bunch of leeks, which you, you know, you'll see them in the grocery store as the long, thick, Mm -hmm. they're like a thicker looking green onion and you can just chop off the bottom part and stick it back in water and then it grows right back up and you have like recycling leeks for life. Forever and ever. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. But there's so beautiful edible flower mixes and tons of things that you could look up and you're just scatter around in your yard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So going back to the PMS that, you know, women are used to experiencing. (laughs) We went from women's health to eating herbs. I know. I don't know how to get that. This is, this is what happens uh, when you see a naturopath. <laughs> uh-huh. um, so what are some things that women can start doing to get to the bottom of it all? I mean, why do these symptoms start taking place? I mean, yeah, trauma, trauma, excuse mm-hmm. me, trauma can definitely be a huge factor that we need to mm-hmm. look at. But what other factors are there? Mm-hmm. When you're looking into women's health, mm-hmm. yeah. So trauma and menstrual cycles, how you're feeling, any of any issue can be a women's health issue. Like we're living in more of a gender fluid world these days, you know. And mm-hmm. what happens often with women in medicine is that we don't get heard. Because most yeah. physicians that we're going to are, you know, leaning a little bit more towards allopathic medicine or standard Western medicine. One, right. they don't have time to hear us. The insurance companies keep them on 15 minute schedules. Two, it's just been well known in medicine since the days that we were diagnosed with hysteria <laughs> or wandering mm-hmm. uterus that we're just not listened to as well as men. And there's some studies on it that's like, you know, our voices are a little bit higher pitched and all these things, but it's just a little bit of a gender equality issue. Mm. Women have a tendency to have a little bit of a higher autoimmune rate than men do. And Mm. that's for a number of reasons. I think a lot of it is a multi-generational trauma issue. And also the fact that our hormone and endocrine system is a little bit more complex than the fact that it cycles on a, a 28 day, 28 to 35 day system 
versus a 24 hour system. And so if you're having any issues and not being listened to by your doctor, I highly encourage you to keep on looking and finding a doctor that will listen to you. Because basically what it takes is it's not as much a women's health issue as much as it is a medical sovereignty issue, is it takes a team and a doctor that knows that you are the master of your own body and that you know your own body best and that we can just listen and advocate for your health. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. And that's life changing for, for me. I mean, I feel like I haven't, I don't think I've even really had that experience. Um, Luckily with my PCP, she was familiar with, um, alternative medicine and mm-hmm. she referred me out because I was explaining all these symptoms that she's never even been trained on and like got issues. She's like, well, here's a probiotic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's really like all she knew how to do. And, and again, it's just, it goes back to the training. Um, but she, yeah, just recommended I look into leaky gut and, you know, contributors there mm-hmm. and how, and, and that was, I mean, that's not something that you typically get from a, you know, Western trained PCP. No, so I, they I really don't lucky. have the same training. And so oh. those doctors are doing the doctors that are working in a more integrated way and are mm-hmm. broadening their horizons in a little bit of ways are just simply doing their continuing education. Mm-hmm. And it's really amazing to find PCPs that will work that way. Yeah. Yeah. So that was like the start of everything for me and, and body awareness mm-hmm. because I, I intuitively, I knew that I wasn't supposed to be taking these prescription medications to cover up certain symptoms. I wanted to get to the bottom of them and I wanted to know like, why was this happening to me mm-hmm. or for me? Now I know it's for me, but mm-hmm. At the time, I was like, why me? I don't understand. Something just didn't make sense that these symptoms were just taking place for absolutely no reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, of course, led me to where I am today. And But, yeah, I think at first I had to keep going back to the doctor time and time again to really feel heard. Yeah. Because the first time I went, it was like, okay, let's give you this and basically just see how you do it. But there was no in-depth conversation. I remember having to take notes for myself so I don't forget because you feel so rushed in the appointment Mm -hmm. Um, and just really touching on each, Mm -hmm. but still feeling rushed because of, yeah, like you said, they have the insurance companies on them and um, in and out within 15 minutes. For sure. And if you think about it, there's a specialist in every form of medicine. Like if you have a GI issue, you get referred to the gastroenterologist. If yeah. you have an OB issue, you get referred to the OBG. And so if you have a complex multi-body affected issue, you go to a holistic doctor that can generally speak both languages. That's what I've always mm-hmm. found the easiest is that somebody so that true. can speak the language of your PCP 
And that can also speak clearly to what medicines that they're prescribing and how they interact with your medications. It's very, very important mm -hmm. to be able to have somebody that can speak both. That can be the bridge link between the two. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> we keep getting sidetracked. I don't know how we keep getting sidetracked, but I love it. Um, <laughs> if a woman is experiencing PMS and goes throughout their life thinking that this is normal, what can that lead to? Yeah. Well, they usually get prescribed birth control. Mm. Oh, gosh. We can go into a whole Which conversation is a, about that. A band aid for <laughs> symptoms, you know? Yep. And uh, birth control is great for birth control. But when you get prescribed birth control for issues other than birth control, then you are just putting a band aid and furthering and balancing the original hormone issues that were causing your irregular menstruation. Mm -hmm. And so often women with PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome, generally it looks something like abnormal hair uh, on the body. So like such as like the chin and chest, because you can go into a testosterone dominance, uh, mm -hmm. painful irregular periods and not ovulating. Um, then they get prescribed birth control to have regular periods. And, mm -hmm. but it's not an actual period because mm -hmm. what it is, is that birth control, you're just given estrogen, progesterone, or else, you know, it can be one of the single herbs. And then you have a, you have a placebo pack that is a false bleed, but you're never actually going through the process of building up your uterine lining to shed and so it's a totally fake period and a totally fake ovulation. You don't get any of the benefits of your endogenous, your own hormones. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then birth control has a whole entire slew of side effects. I often think of birth control as being birth control in itself because it just kills your sex drive. Have you ever been on mm -hmm. it? Yeah, I got on it in college for mm -hmm. a month. Mm -hmm. I was on low estrogen. Mm -hmm. or was it? The pill. The, the pill, yeah. 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 And I, wow, out of nowhere, I gained 10 pounds. Mm -hmm. And I was sitting at the dinner table crying for absolutely no reason. Mm -hmm. I would just have a pain and cry and I hated it. And I immediately got off of it because I knew what I just started and I was like, well, it must be this. So I'm just going to, you know, not get up, stay on it. Um, but that led to a whole slew of side. That was like the beginning of everything. I would say of all mm -hmm. my gut issues shortly thereafter, I experienced severe depression yeah. I have never experienced anything, like any sadness like that. Not wanting to leave my room, not wanting to, on the other side of things, I never wanted to be alone. So going to work with people because I didn't want to feel alone, but also not being able to get up mm -hmm. in the mornings. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was really tough. Um, but then I started, you know, changing my diet and lifestyle and that 
that did help alleviate mm-hmm. some things. Um, but of course it, that was, Oh, that was sophomore year and I'm 27 now, maybe like seven years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was a long healing journey and I'm sure that's just one of the many side effects that can happen. You basically <laughs> just named out the most common side effects of birth mm-hmm. control. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it yep. totally disrupts your microbiome. And so women usually end up with recurrent yeast infections. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's what I was dealing with a lot that year too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeast infections and sex drive and mm-hmm. is one of the number one contributing factors to depression mm-hmm. for women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It depletes a lot of, I mean, was it B12? Mm-hmm. Um, Magnesium, vitamin C, yeah. all, all your... You know, all the essential things that you just need to live. And often it's okay to be on birth control. I think that it definitely has a time and a place, but it's not prescribed in a way that they explain these side effects. And for you to be able to pick out the best birth control for you, for you to be able to co-supplement for the nutrient depletions that are occurring in your body. And for you to realize like, wow, I'm all of a sudden the most depressed I've ever been what's going on and to not have the wherewithal to know that it's a medication you're taking because it's the doctor's job to tell you that who Mm -hmm. reads the tiny little letters on the, at the pharmacy. No. Mm -mm. Yeah. I definitely didn't. Yeah. 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 Mm. So many women are on it. And like you said, it can definitely serve a time and a place just like with everything else, Mm -hmm. but being informed of these things ahead of time. So, you know, it's an informed decision Mm -hmm. that you're choosing to get on or stay on birth control if that serves you. Um, and then coming off of it can be really, um, scary too. I know for some, there's a lot of rebound effects of coming off of birth control. There is mm-hmm. actually, uh, it's a syndrome that's now proper to put in the metal, medical diagnosis called post-birth really? syndrome. Okay. Yes. yes. And it's basically a syndrome is a collection of symptoms that are relatively unrelated-ish. And you just check off a couple, a couple of those symptoms. And it's usually a criteria that you meet, you know, three over this period of time or whatever, whatever the diagnostic criteria is, but there's an entire syndrome. So generally, if you're, if you're listening to this and contemplating getting up birth control, definitely seek some professional health and don't try to, um, I think of trying to treat yourself as like reading a book that's like right up at your nose too close to your face because you're still emotionally <laughs> tied to your own body and your own health. You have no idea what's going on. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely never treat I, myself. <laughs> it's a mess. I yeah. definitely tried to do that in the past. And then I finally sought help yeah. um, because yeah. it was leading me down rabbit holes. Yeah. I was, I was playing a guessing game with my body and I really didn't have the proper tools um, yeah. to issue a, a proper protocol for myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um And there are other forms and other options of birth control. The fertility awareness method is really amazing. I love that. And talk about getting to know your own body because you have to take your temperature every morning. You have to know what your cervical mucus is doing. The position. Yes, the position. And you have to map it all out. There's some apps that make it really easy. Um, And it does, it takes about three months of practice to 
to really know what you're doing to actually use it as birth control. Uh, the app I really like, it's called Lily, L-I-L-Y, and it's developed by a small family in California. And nice. all the other ones check it out. are disgustingly expensive and come with some auto thermometer and all this. And Lily's actually the closest to the paper charting method. And the family says, everybody deserves options of birth control. You can donate money, but if you can't afford to, don't worry about it. And oh. I am all about people that are practicing medical sovereignty. Yeah. I love that. Lily. I'm going to put that in the show notes and mm-hmm. link it. Yeah. Um, I have to check it out myself. I read um, Taking Charge of Your Fertility. Mm-hmm. Do you know what that? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. I, oh my gosh. I mean, that was such a big book. I'm going to link this in the show notes too. Um, but that was like the beginning of my body awareness journey and really tuning into my body. And now I know like where I am in my cycle, if I'm ovulating based off the way I feel and yeah, my cervical mucus, mm-hmm. I always check and my, I can feel my position. Mm-hmm. Um, tracking my temperature is something that I need to get on. Um, so hopefully with the help of this app, I can start doing that. To start to do it. Yeah. You can just get an auto thermometer off of any, you know, website. I try not to, say Amazon because Amazon, but (laughs) it might be the easiest (laughs) place to get it. Um, But you can just get any auto thermometer and that's the easiest way. It's not, they're generally not the best cycle trackers, but they will keep your temperature and stored in your phone for, you know, anywhere from like, if you forget to record it for a whole week Um, and they're about 24 bucks. And you just wake up first thing in the morning, you don't move, you don't drink water, you don't do anything, and you just sit there with your temperature. But if you think about it, most people just pick up their phone and like tune into social media or emails right when they w- wake up anyways, unless they're super sleep hygienic. Uh, and so doing a AM basal body temperature really isn't that much different. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. a little bit of a healthier, more body aware thing to do. Yeah. It's, yeah. um, it's an adjustment and a practice. And like, uh, Dr. Cope just said, it's, uh, it's a healthier thing to do rather than just diving into your phone. I personally keep my phone downstairs mm-hmm. away, like out of my bedroom because yeah, it's so easy to just lean over and just start scrolling into someone else's life rather than yours. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's, there are other thermometers that will actually record the information inside them if you don't want to have to have your phone by your bed, which is understandable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So women, we were talking about how women um, are dealing with these PMS issues and then prescribe something like birth control mm-hmm. to help alleviate these symptoms um, that aren't really truly really getting to the root cause mm-hmm. of everything. Mm-hmm. So looking at gut function, I feel like mm-hmm. is a huge thing mm-hmm. just yeah. to figure out like for sure to pinpoint why these hormonal imbalances are taking place. Yeah. And like and you said, hormonal- the liver metabolizes estrogen and then there's actually an entire microbiome family called the estrobilum that helps metabolize estrogen. Oh, I didn't know that. And then you have to check thyroid too, because thyroid's in charge of GI motility. It's a very complicated symphony. 
Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. And then when you go to the doctor's office and you're getting your thyroid checked, because mm-hmm. that's something I've definitely done too, and everything would come back within a normal range. Um, but then when I got functional lab testing, I found out that my thyroid was not happy. And that was because my gut was not happy. Mm-hmm. Um, I was honestly trained to hypothyroidism. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, is there like a panel that you recommend that women 100%. start looking at to really get a, a real idea of what's going on with their thyroid? Yeah, for sure. So when you go and get general labs, they're mm-hmm. basically screening labs to make sure you're not going to die. You have to be really sick for, for your general labs to show up with some type of positive. Uh, yeah. And so thyroid is one of the ones that maddens me the most because they don't even look at your actual thyroid levels. They look at TSH, which is your pituitary's response to what your thyroid is doing. And that is just so illogical to me when you just look at body physiology and another women's health issue is that the most common autoimmune disease and the most common autoimmune disease in women is Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which Mm -hmm. you have to look at your antibodies. And so you have to look at your TPO and TGO antibodies. And then Mm -hmm. you have to, lo and behold, check your thyroid levels. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So you want to check your free thyroid levels because your bound thyroid has absolutely no activity in your body. Free thyroid is what binds to every single cell in your body for your cell to be able to create energy and metabolize out toxins. So free T3. That's how you look at that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And isn't it, I felt like I read this somewhere a couple years ago, but like 95% of women who are diagnosed with hypothyroidism can it also be a misdiagnosis as to um, instead of having Hashimoto's thyroiditis? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which is a totally really different treatment. And mm-hmm. so often I mean, it's happens, an autoimmune disease. Yeah, it's an autoimmune disease. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's a totally different treatment. And often what happens is, say you do get diagnosed with hypothyroidism and you get prescribed levothyroxine which is T4, Um, the active form of thyroid is T3. And so it just cleaves off an extra little tyrosine. And so uh, when you give somebody T4, their cells and their mitochondria may not be able to convert it over to T3. And so you actually end up rebounding or worsening the symptoms because the body, instead of diverting it over to T3, it goes into reverse T3, which is just deactivating your thyroid completely and mm-hmm. anything in your cells. Because then there's a feedback loop to your pituitary saying, oh, plenty of thyroid here, but you don't have any active thyroid. And so there's other options such as armor is the most common form of T3. It has a little bit more additives and gluten. And so if you have celiac disease or gluten intolerance or an autoimmune disease, you need to avoid gluten. And um, mm-hmm. there's another one called nature thyroid that does really well with people. And then there's MP thyroid. A lot of pharmacies are out of nature thyroid. So MP thyroid seems to be 
the most common one that I'll recommend to patients with the with the realization that you have to get your blood work done quite often and monitor because sometimes you can take lower levels of active T3 uh, because you'll end up with symptoms of hyperthyroid. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What are some uh, foods that those with thyroid issues can start implementing into their diets um, to support the thyroid? Yeah. Non-irritated seaweed. Um, And so, yeah, yeah. Seaweeds are really awesome. Uh, Often people need extra selenium. And so food is medicine. Like some people will go out and take a selenium supplement, but all you really need is two Brazil nuts a day, which can be found, you know, in most nut mixes or else like in the bulk health food stores. Um, You kind of want to avoid GMO oils if you're about eating clean. And so in the bulk Mm -hmm. mixes of health food stores are are best. Um, You want to eat basically a whole foods plant-based diet to make sure that you get all the vitamins and minerals. Some people will supplement with iodine, which may or may not be the best depending on. I was going to say, I've heard like contradicting uh, evidence there. Mm -hmm. That's why I recommend eating seaweed. The body knows what to do with whole food rather than supplements. Mm -hmm. So even if we maybe don't have thyroid issues, it's still something that we can incorporate to prevent these things from happening. For sure. For sure. Yeah. 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 And with how much uh, radiation is in basic, uh, basic kitchen spices and around just while we're walking around and with them. the the big 5g coming around uh yeah (laughs) we often the the radioactive iodine and so it's a different form will actually take the place in the receptors and so that's why you have to supplement sometimes with extra like superfoods such as seaweed or any of those kind of a little bit more like exotic foods that people get excited about for their health Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I'm going to go get some seaweed like today. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's awesome. For sure. Um, so what are, so we can start wrapping up. If you were to, I mean, obviously we want people who are experiencing PMS and thyroid issues and stuff to seek the health, 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 help of a health practitioner <laughs> because they ultimately have either been through it or, or know how to guide you. But um, what are some tools that one can start putting into their toolkit, um, whether it's herbs or anything else that you'd recommend to start mm-hmm, mm-hmm. getting to the, the bottom of these things? Yeah, for sure. Well, the hardest part, most of us can be really hard on ourselves when we're not feeling well and be like, oh, like the most common thing I hear in the first visit is like, I know I need to eat more vegetables and I know I need to drink more water but I'm just not. And it's like, Mm. well, you're not feeling well enough to have that self-motivation because you don't have basic nutrients in your body. And so sometimes for people going out and getting like a nice methylated vitamin B will help. Um, And just simply drinking half your body weight in ounces of water a day and stepping outside for 20 minutes a day. Those are some of the... Mm best doctors. We were just talking about you going out on the hike and me being out here on this mountain and how, how nourishing that is. 
And in naturopathic mm-hmm. medicine that was originally taken from eclectic medicine, hydrotherapy, so water, being outdoors, sunshine and exercise were the best. If you are too sick and not feeling motivated to do either of those things, I would find somebody to work with mm-hmm. immediately Definitely. because you can waste a bajillion dollars on supplements that don't work. But methylated bees are generally safe as long as your liver is working fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then also comes that genetic component too. Um, I want to do well, an I, entire episode on genetics because yeah. you can peek out oh my gosh, over I love that. Yeah. 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 I remember when I um, got my genetic panel back, I just started going through each and every single one, <laughs> just wanting to know more and more. And I feel like there's so much information out there. I feel like I don't even have a good, I definitely don't have a good grip on, on mm-hmm. every single no, like and you don't have to have a grip on all of them for sure. Mm-hmm. But there's a couple of key ones like the BDR genetic defect yeah. and MTHFR and the comps that are really important to know. And also, mm-hmm. I feel like that this is the point that we could get a little bit more political in medicine with those issues and marginalized healthcare. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow, we're gonna have to definitely schedule another episode just to chat about that because yeah. I have well, I don't have an SHFR genetic mutation, but I do have the video attack uh, homozygous mm-hmm. and CMC hetero. Um, so that's really interesting. Okay, so those are the best doctors: sunshine, being outside, water. Yeah. I feel like water is so often forgotten, and then um, the bees, the methylated the methylated bees. bees. Yeah. Yeah. As long as your just a good Yeah. Go as long as your liver is working properly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, these are some of the best doctors and they go forgotten because I don't know, for some reason we've just for- forgotten about them because we're looking for um something to take, like another pill to take. For sure. Or know to alleviate whatever symptoms but if we just start there i feel like we can start feeling so much better i feel like most of the population does not get the water intake that they're supposed to um and then also because of the caffeine intake they don't realize that they need to supplement with even more water to replenish uh, yeah because caffeine is diuretic yes a hundred percent yeah mm-hmm. so yeah uh yeah mm-hmm. i feel like we've covered a lot mm-hmm. today. Um, women who have experienced any of these symptoms, which I know so many of you guys have, mood disturbances, um, heavier, regular bleeding, blood, clot, blood clots, um, fatigue, cramping, fatigue, <laughs> brain fog. Um, these are not normal. And mm-hmm. I feel like everyone deserves the right to get in touch with their bodies, experience true body awareness mm-hmm. and how empowering that is. Like I said, when I was reading that book, I was like, Oh my gosh. And it just showed me a whole way, a different way to start looking at my body. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really grateful for that. And I think if we just start there and just start doing that work, um, rather than having someone else telling us what to do with our bodies and telling us how to feel, mm-hmm. um, when we're describing our symptoms, 
I think we will feel so empowered. Um, and yeah, taking those tools in the toolkit that Dr. Cope just shared, starting there, seeking the help of a health practitioner is going to help you say and save you so much time because I was there, I was doing the research by myself and it wasn't until I got the proper education and tools in my toolkit that I actually find uh, true relief and especially addressing the trauma. The trauma is going to play a huge role because I found I was doing the nutrition piece, the lifestyle piece. I talk about this all the time, but it wasn't until I started looking at uh, multi-generational trauma that I started those lingering symptoms went away. You can do all the gut health stuff you want, but if your mm -hmm. vagus nerve is not functioning due to trauma and cortisol dysregulation, you're just basically shoving money down your mouth. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. What are some of your favorite ways to stimulate the vagus nerve? Hmm. That's a great question. So outdoors, just being outside, if people don't have access to like a clean and safe outdoors, there's this exercise in SE called VU. And it actually, it stimulates the vagus nerve via the vocal cords because, you know, the vagus nerve runs from your brain down to your heart and it connects with almost like every single organ physically in our body, which is, must be pretty important. Yeah. And yeah. so... <laughs> Vu, it kind of sounds like ohm, and the the way that it resonates right in the back of your throat stimulates the vagus nerve to immediately put you in parasympathetic. So it's just simply like vu, and then you just continue going on and on and on. Oh my gosh! Well, so doing that, you do it about before, like you eat is mm -hmm. like a good idea. Yeah, a hundred percent. Uh, deep breathing. Our breath is our only physiological control of our vagus nerve. And so not deep breathing. I see some yogis that go in there like, <sighs> and it's like from the top of their chest, you want to have a deep belly breath that's not forced. And so you can just put your hand on your belly and then just take a deep breath. And then put your hand on your chest and your belly and take a deep breath and make sure that your belly is moving first. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if you just sit and do that for, you know, one moment a day, you're already doing better work than you were yesterday. Oh my gosh. That was life changing. I, I love deep breath, belly breathing, but I'm not um, practicing it every mm -hmm. day, um, especially lately because I have been more um, head down into the computer, but that's actually one of the most important times where I need to sit up and take a deep belly breath. Um, mm -hmm. And I love the, the foo. I have never heard of that. So I'm going to start incorporating that. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff that you can find on um, somatic experiencing with tools like that. Working with a somatic experiencing practitioner absolutely changed my life. Mm -hmm. I love that. Really simple exercises. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So stimulating the vagus nerve, 
You touched on everything else, I think. Is there anything <laughs> else that you want to uh, leave the listeners with? The body is a whole system and we can narrow down to each one of these systems with a microscope and that's beautiful. But really what it comes down to is the fact that some of the simpler treatments that you can just do a couple of minutes a day are really most profound. Often we just need somebody to hold our hand and get us a little bit healthier. So that way we're comfortable enough to be in our body to recognize what it means. Okay. I love that. Mm -hmm. Doing the body as a whole and not just a separate entity. Mm -hmm. Because it truly all, it is all connected. I mean, we're touching on emotional, the emotional aspect of trauma and connecting that to the physical manifestations of whatever symptoms we might be experiencing. Mm -hmm. um, we can't really heal unless you address both. Yes. All right. Well, I have one last question for you, Dr. Cope. I um, obviously have named the podcast The Human Experience, and I wanted to ask you what makes you human. And you can interpret it however you want. Mm -hmm. um, I just love hearing everyone's answers. Just getting up and functioning as a human day to day is probably one of the hardest things we'll ever do in our entire lifetime. Mm. Yep. That is yeah. so true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, cool. Um, where can the listeners find you? Where can we keep up with you? And I also mm -hmm. wanted to chat uh, briefly about Lunaception. Of course. So drcopehealth.com. It's D-R-C-O-P-E health com is my website and there can be a uh, scheduling for any of your followers. They can just send me a little message off of there um, and nice. I can give them a free 15 minute consultation. Okay. Uh, you can find me at Boketto wellness and that's in the fan in Richmond and then in Pantops in Charlottesville um, right now, as we're recording in the time of COVID, I'm not sure when this is going to release. I'm doing mostly virtual consults until I phase in in a safe and effective way, but I will be seeing people in office soon. I'm very much so looking forward to it. Um, okay. And awesome. yeah. And on I there like you can read about Lunaception, <laughs> mm -hmm. which is my women's health program. It's a six week collaboration. It's not just simply a leadership, it's a collaboration. All the women come together in it to learn about and contemplate the moon phases and the phases of your body. And so it teaches you the microcosms of the uh, estrogen progesterone balance and the hormone shifts throughout the month. And you start to recognize how it may or may not be in sync with the moon. And then also with the seasons of the earth. Mm -hmm. And so in a lot wow. of ways, it's a makes us realize that that single month really isn't that big of a deal of whatever is going on and how we are directly connected and with nature and we're never separate from it. Mm. And everything that comes I with that. <laughs> I love that so much. And the mm -hmm. name is so... Mm -hmm. Yeah, lunaception is perception of the moon. 
it's an old ancient wisdom women's practice no way i thought mm-hmm. you had just made it up that's mm-hmm. awesome yeah yeah Okay, cool. Well, thank you so much for showing up today, Dr. Cook. I really appreciate you hopping on the show. I know this is such valuable information that women can definitely benefit from and pass it along to a friend or a family member. You could also use these tools. Um, mm-hmm. So you guys know where to find Dr. Cook. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Thanks for listening, guys, to another episode of the Human Experience Podcast. I do always appreciate your love via Instagram DMs and now any ratings or reviews that you have to give my podcast. I would love to hear your feedback. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Um, And of course, feel free to share with friends and family so that others can hear my voice too. Until next time.